0: We're in Genesis chapter 3 all this week in our central moments. I'm so glad you've joined again today, even though Genesis 3 is a pretty brutal chapter. The entire Bible pivots on this one chapter, but it's the chapter that gives us perspective to understand what we see and know in our world around us. For how could there be a loving God, and yet our world have so much suffering and so much evil in it, it's because in Genesis 3, we're introduced to Satan. We're introduced to the doubts he sows in our minds. Did God really say? We're introduced to the liar that he is. God said, if you, if you eat experientially of evil, you're, you're going to die. And uh, the devil says, no, God was wrong. You're not going to die. What a lie. And, uh, and so we're reminded that in spite of what the devil does to lure us and lie to us, that our choices matter, that sin really does have consequences. And this is what gets unpacked to us now in verse 7. Adam and Eve have just disobeyed God. They've tasted of evil experientially. They weren't designed, created in the image of God, to be compatible with evil. Everything that dismantles the wholeness and healthiness of the human condition is now going to set in. And it's going to start with shame. Verse 7, Then the eyes of both of them were open. And they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves to hide part of themselves from one another. First of all, sin will, will create dissonance in our relationships and shame and, 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 and secrecy and, and all of these things and dishonesty. This is because of sin coming into the world. Disharmony in our relationships and disharmony with God. Dissonance with God. Uh, because, verse 8, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And what did they do? Go out and greet him like before, enjoy fellowship unfettered with God like before? No, they hid from the Lord among the trees in the gardens. So this way in which they hid from one another in their nakedness, now they're hiding from God. And, and the Lord God called to the man and says, Where are you? I wonder if he's doing that in your life right now. He's saying, where are you? Why are you hiding from me? And and he answered, I heard you in the garden, but I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. You know, our guilt uh, can make us feel very unworthy of God's favor and forgiveness. And sin has guilt with it. But sin also has shame with it. Some cultures are much more shame-based than in Western culture. And if you grew up in Western culture, you, may, you know, sometimes we, we kind of miss this. But shame is a horrible thing. Guilt causes us to feel unworthy of God's blessing. But shame causes us to feel worthless. There's a difference between being unworthy and worthless. Shame takes us all the way to feeling worthless, like like we've just got to cover up, we've got to hide because we're just worthless. We we just be shamed to be seen by others. This is what shame does to us. Shame has so debilitated so many people uh, through their failure, through their sin, through their brokenness, and, and, and just this sense of worthlessness in the sight of God, this sense of worthlessness in the sight of other people. This is shame. But I thank God that the power of the message of Jesus Christ means that at the cross, he not only took away the guilt of our sin uh, so that even though we're in ourselves unworthy, he washes us clean and makes us worthy of his blessing and love. He takes care of our unworthiness. But I thank God he also takes away our shame because as Adam and Eve tried to cover up their nakedness in Genesis 3 at the cross, Jesus pretty much exposes his nakedness. He's hung virtually naked on the cross as people yell at him and jeer at him and stare at him for hours straight as he's suffering, hanging there, largely unclothed on the cross. And he was saying, I'm taking your shame. I not only take your guilt, I not only take your sin on myself, but I take your shame. And this is what Jesus, this is the triumph of Jesus' life for us. So I want to go to prayer with you. I want you to bring your guilt to the Lord in this moment. If you haven't yet, I want you to let it be washed away by the blood of Jesus. But would you also bring your shame? Every place, we're more than just unworthy. You just feel worthless. You wonder, how could God love me? How could other people love me? That's shame. And God wants to break its power and heal your soul. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you, O God, that you are the one who came. Lord, Adam and Eve, uh, the first result of their sin was, was this hiding this sh- in shamefulness from each other and from you. My God, we thank you that you hung in shame on the cross and you took on our shame. And thank you, you can heal us. We pray that the blood of Jesus will wash away the guilt of our sin Wherever we, wherever it may be still in our lives, we repent of all known sin in our lives. But then we pray that the power of your Spirit will heal us of shame until, Lord, we're unashamed in your presence and we're unashamed uh, to engage relationships with others and, and health will fill us and allness will fill us and what it means to be loved by you and loved by others will fill and heal our soul, we pray.